I was so tuned in when he was little, and that was my whole world. And then as he grew older, and and especially later teenage years and his early adult years here, you are so important and you're so tuned in. I am really impressed observing this. Mm. You're even more tuned in than me most of the time. Yeah, God, thank and you. <laughs> maybe it's because you're a man and he's a man. So you understand certain things better with him and you tell me with your eyes and with your fingers and that if the three of us are together and you're like, Back off. Low, Back low, low, off. Yeah, a little bit lower. Like, Close like, your mouth. <laughs> like, He's oh. getting overwhelmed <laughs> now with all your words, your stream of words. <laughs> and wait, bringing that subject up to another time. I can see that he's full for right now. And yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode on emotional attunement. Yeah. In this episode, I lay it out of what emotional attunement is, how it really benefits all of your relationships, not just your partnership, but also if you're a parent, in your work relationships, and also in your friendships. I talk about the basis and the early origins of emotional attunement between a baby and their mother. And the challenge is what happens as we grow up if we did not have that with our mother. I talk about how to foster emotional attunement within yourself, how to recognize it, the nonverbal communication expressions of it. And after I do that for a little bit, I got my special guest coming up and we talk about it. My wife, Ivana Rainbow, joins me in the second half and we talk about how we do emotional attunement in our relationship and also as parents. Okay, everybody. Yeah. Emotional intimate. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode on emotional attunement and how emotional attunement can improve your relationships drastically. So I'm going to do a little solo cast here. Uh, it's a really important subject to talk about. And those of you might know what attunement is, but I am going to break it down. The word attunement, it means to tune into whoever you are speaking with and to truly hear them, right? To understand them by seeing through their experience, their perspective of the world. That's also what we do with empathy. So we need to listen with empathy and with openness, you know, to hear what the person is saying in all of their being, their nonverbal cues to try to get in the underlying emotional world of that person. So it's not just what's being said. You want to, in, in some terms, read between the lines. 
you know, to notice what's happening. Also, the space between you and the person. How is that sinking and that connection is going so that you can communicate better to one another? So it means to connect deeply, you know, through not judging, not blame, not being defensive by really observing. So emotional attunement also starts off in the very early years. So I just want to lay it out because this is really important that when you are a baby, you know, your main source of everything, of, of food, of caring, of cleaning, of sleeping, of nurturing, of love, what came from your primary caretaker, which is usually the mother. We depended on our mother, not only for survival, but also to get us, to tune in with us, you know, to understand our little cries and our noises to take care of our needs. So it was very important at an early age that a mother tunes in to their child's needs. Because very early on, babies are, are born with feeling deep emotions, but they lack the ability to self-regulate, to manage the intensity of all that's going around, all the emotions that they're feeling. So they actually rely on the mother. And without the monitoring help of the mother, you know, babies can get overwhelmed and engulfed in their emotional state, which can include, of course, you know, fear and sadness and even so much excitement and stimulus that's coming. But when a mother is able to tune in to really pay attention to the um, emotions and actually respond, which means meeting the baby's needs, she communicates to the baby that she's in sync, that she understands what the baby needs and feeling and what the baby is thinking. And this in turn allows the baby to feel safe and secure. So hence, another word that we use in attachment theory, secure attachment. So emotional attunement from a mother is the stages of secure attachment. This tuning in, it also assists like brain development over time. So it teaches the baby how to self-regulate and make sense of their emotions and communicates his or her needs. And it's a tremendous gift that a mother can give to her child. So all of you mothers out there, that's a tremendous gift when you're meeting and understanding and syncing with your child's and your baby's needs. So what happens later on when, let's say that doesn't occur, meaning that when a child does not have that tuning in from their parent, especially their mother? Well, in adulthood, this could look like not knowing how to deal with the arousal or the stress or overwhelm appropriately because you haven't been taught how to attune to your own needs. So as a way of coping to the stress instead, you may resort to external means to comfort yourself and self-soothe, things that are not healthy, like overconsumption of foods, sex, consumerism, alcohol, substance and drugs, instead of truly feeding the underlying craving of how to regulate our own emotions, what's really going on with ourselves. 
And the start of that, of course, is that we have to know what we're feeling. We have to actually be able to have that vocabulary, the emotional vocabulary to know what it is that we're feeling and to also understand ways to self-soothe what it is that we need. So I've done some podcasts in the past that's expressing your needs. That's also understanding what you're feeling in order to express it. When you're doing that well, you're emotionally attuning to yourself and taking care of your own emotional needs. So when you get into a relationship, this is where the rubber hits the road. When we are attuned, we are making genuine efforts to understand our partner's emotions. And it's not about attempts to change our partner or to, again, try to figure out who's right and wrong, the accuracy of a situation. It's more like turning toward our partner with openness, with curiosity. It's being responsive and engaged and present. It's having, in some way, the courage to enter into the emotional world of your partner, which a lot of people are really scared to do. And I think one reason is that we are scared to even feel our own emotions. When we're scared and fearful of being in our own emotions, the hell if we're going to go and want to witness somebody else's. So that's a prerequisite to get comfortable with your own, to be able to self-soothe, as I said, and self-regulate so that you can then be with your partners. And when we turn to our partner in this way, we convey the message to our partner that, hey, I am here for you. I've got your back. It's safe to be with me. So being emotionally attuned, it conveys to your partner that it's safe to be in this relationship, that they will be seen, that they will be heard, that they will be understood. And of course, when a partner feels safe, then trust abounds. It, it grows, it flourishes. When trust is strong, our relationships are strong. So when we are attuned in our relationships, we are better equipped to repair the conflict, right? Because when conflict is high, then the intensity and frequency of trust begins to erode. So when we have more and more intensity in conflict, trust erodes. But when we can navigate the conflict because we feel safe expressing our emotions and we know that they're going to be heard, they're going to be validated, they're going to be understood, then there is less of that volatility. So I'm not saying this is an easy thing to do. Um, you know, emotional attunement, it's complex. It's a complex skill uh, because we have our own triggers and it comes more naturally for some people and more difficult for others. You know, it's especially difficult for those that tend to be more avoidant or dismissive or disapproving of emotions. You know, people that grew up in an environment that emotions were not accepted. They were not actually encouraged. This is going to be very hard to do for this person. For individuals, turning to their partner's emotions can actually uh, be anxiety-provoking, you know. But if you practice and if you have patience with both parts of the parties, it, this skill can be mastered. And if you are focused on really creating attunement 
with each other as a basis of connection, it can drastically improve your relationships. So a great way to actually deepen the connection and tune with your loved ones is to ask open questions. If you're just asking a question that requires a yes or no, you're even stopping the conversation before it even has a chance to begin, you know. So I think it's really important to create the intimacy of, you know, instead of asking, did you have a good day? You know, that requires a yes and no answer. Instead, you can say, hey, what was your favorite part of the day? Or instead of saying, are you upset? You can say, you seem upset. Can you tell me what's going on? So asking open-ended questions allows the person to express their emotions and hopefully you as the receiver is not going to just defend, not going to just shut it down, that you're going to inquire more and more to understand and validate and acknowledge. Another big skill that we know is non-defensive listening. That's right. In non-defensive listening, you're calm. You're not allowing yourself to be flooded. You're able to focus on the experience of the other person. So there's no need to like seek accuracy. You know, just understand. Just try to understand from their perception. And especially don't defend and don't explain when you're listening. You want to be able to tolerate all of the emotions that the person is experiencing. Having tolerance is when we can recognize our partner's, let's say, perspective in a conflict and not just viewing our own perspective of it. You know, it doesn't mean that we agree with our partner, but we're, we're very open to the other person's perspective. You know, we don't seek to be right or prove the other person wrong. We seek to understand. That's tuning in to your partner's emotional world. And you know, as a relationship counselor, I see many couples who miss out on the tender, loving connection of emotional attunement. And instead, what happens is small things that are usually able to be navigated cannot be navigated because they're not attuned. You know, I see that people, they love each other, but somehow they're unable to maintain closeness without one or the other one pulling away. In short, because they were out of sync with themselves and also with each other. So I believe emotional attunement is also a two-way street in a healthy relationship. In, in essence, it's a gift that you give each other and it sure gives, you, gives it to you back. And you know, sometimes I experience people getting confused you know, as adults, we, we cannot expect to rely solely on another person to fulfill all of our emotional needs. You know, we can't expect for them to always say the right thing that will fix what we're feeling inside. We cannot expect them to heal us. What we can expect is empathy, a listening ear the person that wants to be there and say, I hear you, I understand what you're feeling right now, or I want to understand what you're feeling right now. We can't expect our 
close friends, our family, our partners to want to support us and to be able to understand us. So I know for me, when I'm going to do that for somebody, hold that space, as we say, I got to put aside my own stuff, my own story, uh, my own need at that moment to be seen. And I got to watch myself talk, right? In some of my podcasts about the art of listening, you got to watch that self-talk that comes in and that says, it was Tuesday, not Wednesday, right? It's not about being right. It's about holding that other person, what I call again, giving them stage, let them express what it is that they need to be heard and understand for. You'll get your chance at another time. And when I'm attuned with my own desire for empathy and kindness and compassion, that's an easy way to tune into someone else. I get that attunement by just even attuning that. So cultivate that within yourself. Cultivate your own self-compassion, your own sense of kindness. This can only be practiced also experientially. You know, it's just not something that you just write down all these exercises. You got to practice it. You can practice it in a work environment. You know, if you're in a leadership role, trying to tune into the people to look, what's your stress level of, of your team? Can you name that and say, hey, I know that there's a, a strict deadline that we have and everybody's feeling pressure right now. I know there's a lot of stress, but I know that if we come together and really help each other out, that we'll be able to meet it. When a leader says that, he's attuning in. He's emotionally attuning in to the people around them and they feel really seen and they feel really heard. So you can practice this very much at work. So it's this two-way street of wanting to attune and have another person attuned to us, but it's very much about attuning into our own needs and understanding what it is that we need. Can we accept ourselves for just the way that we are in this moment without judgment or without criticism? If we're able to do that more to ourselves, we're going to be able to do that to other people around us, especially our partner. Yeah. So I'm having this feeling like I really want to talk to my wife about it because I think she tunes in really well. She's really good at emotional attunement. So you know what, folks? I'm going to pause for a second and I'm going to go downstairs and see if she's going to come up and uh, join us. Hey, babe, thanks for coming up and and actually wanting to do this spontaneously with me. I wasn't sure if you'd want to do this, but thanks. I appreciate you coming up. Mm, you're welcome. Thank you for calling me up. Yeah, because when we were talking about yesterday about I want to do a podcast on emotional attunement and we were going back and forth in ideas and I talked about how I think you're really good at emotionally attuning into people, me, other people. And so I'm really glad that you want to share some of that, how important that is in, in our relationship. I discussed earlier how tuning into our, our own emotions and understanding them like compassion, especially or kindness. And you tune into that really well within yourself. And I think that gives a space I know for me, uh, that I feel is accepting. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. I mean, I think that's my nature to be like this. I like people and I often look as a stranger like this could be a possible friend and I'm 
slightly, you know, curious, open-minded to meet others. And I give the benefit of the doubt. You're really good at listening. So when you're when you're tuning in, I know that you're listening underneath the words. You know, how, is that just something that you always did all your life? Like, you know, you use this term as I feel you, you know, instead of just I hear you. You say to me, I feel you. So like, how do you, how do you tune in those senses of your feeling senses of, of somebody else's experience, emotional world? Mm-hmm, yeah, I think I've always been a feeling kind of person. So I've always been like that. And of course, in my younger years, I wasn't aware of what it was. And as I'm getting older, I'm getting more clarity about this ability and being more patient and listening to others as I get older. But it, it was there as a young person too. I'm the oldest of four siblings, and I cared a lot about all my siblings, and I wanted us all to get along and have fun and thrive together. So I just naturally tuned in and adjusted things in the room or events or talked to my mom about something, you know, to adjust for everyone's well-being. I also remember in school, I started school when I was seven. And uh, when I look back at my school years, I can see I always played that role of taking care of the outsiders to make sure that they wasn't isolated and lonely and bringing them into the circle. Yeah. So you're a, what we call highly sensitive person and that, that has a lot of positive attributes to it. And one of the positive attributes is that you emotionally attune well because you're sensitive around other people's emotional world. So that's an advantage, I think, to be highly sensitive in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do look around in the gathering I'm in to to see and, and kind of measure where people are at. And then I also measure in with myself yeah. to see, well, how much energy do I have for creating balance in this room here? How do you do that? Like, what what, what is your gauge to, to see how well you're taking care of yourself while you're tuning in? Yeah, well, it's good to get older because discernment came in as I got older to not feel responsible for taking care of everyone else like I used to do as I was younger. So that's a fine line of, of a tuning in with somebody's emotion, but not feeling that you have to take care of their emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to see, well, everyone have their own dramas, their own stories that is dramatically up for them and how much do I want to get into that? Mm. So, you know, I, I think there's just this gauge going on inside of me when I'm with someone and it's like, okay, how much time do I have available right now? What is it I'm here for? And uh, is there something else I also need to do? And I just quickly measure all that inside of me and then decide how much attention I want to give to this person here and the person's issue. And when I was younger, I did not have so good boundaries. So I just let people talk and talk and talk. 
about their issues. And that became overwhelming. And I burned out from that. And it also got boring. And I was taken advantage of. And then I began to learn mechanisms of escaping that and cutting through and speaking up. So that was a gradual process for me to set my boundaries. Yeah, I think you do that well. You know what? I also like what you do with me in in emotionally attuned with me. You use a lot of nonverbal cues, like you tilt your head with this empathy, or you use like mmm, mmm, like you're tracking me, and you're using that in that sound. Or you know, if I'm feeling an emotional sadness, you know, here you go, ah. You know, I I can feel that that empathy. You may touch me. You know, when I may need soothing, that you you check in, that you that I probably want contact, and you move towards me. So, I think uh, some of your attunement, you're so well at non-verbally letting me know that you're tuning in with me. You're not just like this blank slate and just looking at me. Um, you're also not faking it at all like when i know that you're going oh mm, you're you're really feeling it or when you even get excited about something that i'm excited about i feel that genuineness so you you do the non-verbal emotional attunement genuinely genuinely. yeah that's true i am very uh my you can see my face (laughs) is very expressive and my eyes speak and i keep eye contact, which can be intimidating for some people. And uh, with my eyes, I gauge people also. It's uh, nonverbal. And I read a lot in their eyes. And I send messages with my eyes. It just happens naturally. And uh, yeah, I love to to uh, express little sounds. Also, I'm not afraid of making weird sounds. And uh, to make the one I'm talking to feel heard and seen and understood. Mm, Uh, One should maybe think I was of Italian descent (laughs) because I'm so expressive with my uh, facial and my arms and I want to touch people to assure I hear you and I like to stroke their back back or their arm or their hand and so... Yeah. Uh, you do that really well with kids. You know, you emotionally attune really well with kids. That's why I think they love being around you is because, one, you're very present and you're really tuning into their emotional world, not just their intellectual world. That's true. And I get down on their level. I'm so flexible, so it's no problem getting down, squatting with them or sitting on the floor with them and being at eye level. And, oh, I love children. They are so real and and so present. So it's wonderful to engage with them. And, um, yeah, that doesn't seem to be any age barrier. And uh, I don't do all that chit-chat, intellectual talk with them. I'm more being there and just gauging them and more listening than I'm talking. Hmm. You did that so well. You know, for our son, I talked about earlier in the podcast of how important it is for a mother to emotionally attune with their baby so that the baby gets to recognize that 
their emotions can be met, can be taken care of, so that uh, after a while, if they don't have that, they're dysregulated. They're, the mother helps the baby regulate their emotions. And you do that so well with, with, with Xander growing up. And, and I just want to thank you so much for how much attention that you were to his needs without him having to take care of you because there's a lot of mothers in some way that their stress and their nervousness, the baby actually has to soothe or the child has to soothe the mother. And you didn't, you didn't do that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. It was certainly my pleasure. And I was so lucky I didn't have to go to work. My work, my job was to be a mother, and I treasured that, and that's also what I wanted, and I created that for myself, that space to just be there 100% for my baby. Yeah, yeah, we made that decision that we that's what we wanted. We wanted you to, to really be able to focus as much as you could on Xander, and we did without some things and didn't do as much personal travel and got some secondhand furnitures and so forth, but for us it was more important that that we were able to give as much attention and and care around Xander. And I know that there are circumstances that people can't do that, so I'm not you know putting it on and blaming. But when you have that choice to make decisions around it, it can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't place much value on fancy clothes or fancy furniture or newly painted floors and stuff like that. And yet, of course, I do like beauty and harmony and peace and safety in my home environment and I always create that wherever I go but it's not with fancy expensive stuff and uh, it's more important to to be present and have a good time with those I'm together with yeah and again not to not to put anybody else's situation single mothers it's really challenging and so forth but that can be when when there's a lot of stress in a mother's life that the baby picks that up and can go ahead and try to soothe the mother in some way and then their needs aren't important so we were able to make it that that we could take care of our son's needs and i kind of feel like as he is an adult now and he's 24 as he got older i started tuning in more to his emotional needs that was kind of like more my role of understanding how he's walking in the world, even like in between little texts that we send or his words, I can pick up whether he's, you know, open for a discussion, should we keep going on this or to lay back? And I feel I tune in to his emotions now. Yeah, that's true. I was so tuned in when he was little and that was my whole world. And then as he grew older and and especially later teenage years and his early adult years here, you are so important and you are so tuned in. I am really impressed observing this. Mm. You're even more tuned in than me most of the time. Yeah, And (laughs) maybe it's because you're a man and he's a man. So you understand certain things better with him and you tell me, with your eyes and with your fingers and that if the three of us are together and you're like back off a little, back little, lower, off. Yeah, a little bit lower like, close like, your like, mouth <laughs> like, he's oh. getting overwhelmed yeah, yeah. now with all your words your stream of words 
and wait, bringing that subject up to another time. I can see that he's full for right now. And yeah, yeah it's and I was like, I'm so impressed how you're tuned in. And mm. that's that man to man thing because you know, as a man, that men can only take so much information at a time where women can handle more because we're more natural multitaskers. Yeah. And when men get more emotionally flooded and so forth. I'm, when he was small, I remember. You know, that I thought I was emotionally in tune, but there were times where I would, you know, play fight with him, tickle, and, and you were like, stop, stop. You know, he's getting overwhelmed. I'm like, he's not getting overwhelmed. He likes it. But I could tell, like, I wasn't tuning in so much, you know, when, when he was younger. And, of course, like you're saying, when he's older, I'm really sensitive around, like, yeah, you know, there's openings that are finesse of how to connect w with him and, and so forth. And, yeah, I'm glad that we're, that we bounce off of each other in that way. Mm -hmm. It's really um, interesting to uh, observe that I had to sometimes protect Sander when you were play fighting yeah. and you wouldn't respect when he said stop. And I could also see on his facial expressions that he was getting close to have tears in his eyes and that and you were not picking up on those cues. And I had to go, Prebo, stop mean stop. <laughs> and I just had to say it several times and I really cut through and protect him there and i mean it was still fun play fight it's not that but i was just so tuned into him that uh, i wanted you to respect his cues and you were not seeing yeah. them in the play fight yeah. and i'm just recalling that we had to have a level you and i had to have a level of attunement to be receptive to even that feedback because when I see so much with couples when they're giving each other feedback, how defensive, it's a big trigger, they get offended and, and uh, feel that it's a ridicule. And of course that happened at times with you and I, but the more that we stayed synced and attuned, it was easy to trust you. You know, when you said, hey, you know, stop means stop, you know, he's getting a little, you know, overwhelmed. And I trusted you because I felt, you know, more in tune, we were in tuned. And so that eliminates the conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also because we, we took care of the relationship and made sure it was infused with love and loving words mm -hmm. and sweet things. Right, yeah. And we had to educate each other around the attunement because there were times where if I would share something and even, you know, recently, you know, sharing a dream and you, you love the symbolisms of dreams and want to know the meanings. And sometimes you jump over where I'm at and you'll just say, well, what do you think that that means? And I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. I'm not even there yet. I'm still like it, trying to feel my dream. Or, you know, there's times where I want you to tune into my feelings around instead of, you know, what to do with it or what does it mean? So there's times that we have to give each other that feedback or I give you that feedback and, and you recognize it, that you're ahead of the game of, you know, trying to help me out instead of tuning in to, to where I'm at. And so the roles are a little bit reversed sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting that we do have both these traits in our relationship and that you have that soft part there and want to tell me about the dream you just had. And, and then I come in with my masculine part and was like, okay, let's interpret it, this dream and let's figure out what the message is for you and that. And I'm the fixer, the masculine trait there. And I do have that a lot. 
also. And uh, I'm so glad you put up your boundaries gently and say, not now. I just want to be with my feelings in this dream. I was like, and then I back up. Okay, I got into my fixer mode again. Yeah. But you're, you're not offended by it. And you're able to really like reset faster, you know, reset to my, my request. And again, I believe that that's, you know, the more and more that we are connected and attuned with each other, it's easier to get back to attunement, to reset. Yeah, that's true. I could have chosen to feel offended that you were saying, not now. I don't want my dream interpreted now. And I could have felt hurt trying to defend myself. Mm. Yeah. So out of respect and out of love for you, I don't do that because I respect, hey, this was your dream. This is about you. It's not about me. And I think part of the attunement that we do is when the other one like expresses a need saying, hey, this is really what I want right now from you. It's like, to me, there's, it's a, like a big stoplight. Like, whoa, you are telling me what you need. And I need to respect that because I want you to tell me what you need. And instead of disregarding your needs and believing that they're not important or my needs are more important than yours at the moment. So I think like there's, there's this big sign that each of us get when we come across with like, hey, you know, I'm telling you, this is what I need from you right now. I really need this acknowledgement or I just really want you to just listen to me right now. Like there is, we give each other the, like the benefit of the doubt. We allow that influence from the other person so that we can quickly become attuned more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love when you speak up and say, hey, this is what I need from you right now. It makes me feel even more respect for you that you voice what you need right now, even though it's like, going a little bit against the energy I was coming with of wanting to solve something for you or do something for you or, or so. And then you're saying, no, this is what I need right now. And because I love you and I respect you and you're my best friend and I want us to have a good relationship, then of course I listen to what you say. Like you put up your boundary and say, not now, this is what I need from you right now. And then you speak to your need. Yeah. And we usually do it to each other in a soft way. You know, I mean, those boundaries, a lot of people put up, have to put up hard boundaries all the time. But usually, you know, it's something effective like, hey, babe, you know, I just got to tell you, like right now, I just don't want to go with that question. You know, what I really need from you right now, I just really want you to understand and, and validate where, where I'm at. Like that way of doing it, asking people, this is th th this is the way you know, the softer way of asking need instead of it being really hard and pissing the other person off. Yeah. Well, an example is also uh, when we eat dinner and we talk about our day and you come home tired from work, from um, having been with clients and listened to a lot and taken a lot on you in your head and on your shoulders and you come home and we sit and eat dinner and you politely ask me, uh, so how was your day? And you cannot know what kind of dramas have been going on. And sometimes there is, and sometimes there's not. And sometimes I get so into telling about these dramas. And then suddenly you're just like putting up your boundary. And what is it you say? 
I'm trying to find. Hopefully, I'm trying to find the right answer. Uh, I don't know what I usually say. Is I well, your cup is so full, and your eyes glaze over, (laughs) and and you just. I just got to tell you, I cannot listen to more right now. I I usually say, I yeah, what I recall is like, hey, babe, I just got to tell you, I'm getting a little full right now. Can we get onto this? You know, a little later. Uh, I feel full right now. And That's exactly the words you say. Yeah, right. and I like that you say that. Yeah. Even though to me, when you say it, it feels like ooh, there's a wall coming up. I was just telling you all these stories about my day, and suddenly you're putting this wall up, and I do feel it as a wall. It's a mm. stop sign, yeah. and I could choose to feel, you know, hurt and reject it. But luckily, I'm not choosing but, to feel that, and instead respecting, and I'm backing off, and I'm like, "Sorry, babe, we'll talk about it another time." So, how was your day? Yeah, but do you really feel like this wall? Because I don't feel that I say it when I'm more my cup is overflowing. I feel like I I start to recognize that I'm starting to maybe not pay as much attention because you know it's maybe been ten or fifteen minutes that you've been telling a story and. So I just want like I want to be present with you, and I want you to know I don't want to fake it. So that's why I say to you, "Hey, babe, I just want to tell you I'm getting a little full right now." I'm imagining that you're right. Like it could feel like I'm cutting you off in some way. That I'd, mm-hmm. but, yes, you are cutting I, but, me off. But I feel like I'm not putting up this wall. Like I don't want to hear it. It's more about like I can't. I I don't have the the bandwidth. Well, it's not a concrete wall you're putting up. <laughs> it's a plexiglass wall. Yeah. Okay. Is it, it a sweet one? Is it, is it oh, I like it. Good. I, I think it's good. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I got carried away with my stories. I'm so sorry. Hmm. So I say that and yeah. I'm. you're right. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes, a pa- you know, if you paused a little bit more between them, it would give me a little bit more of, of digestion, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that's the way to just be able to not wait till it's so harsh and push the other person away to be able to like speak to the knee like I'm getting full right now. Mm. Yeah. I so like that you're doing it because yeah. it inspired me to also say yeah, it. Yeah, I know you do that too. And what I like after after that, we don't feel like you accept it and we're still connected. A lot of people, when they feel that possible rejection, then they feel so hurt and then the other person feels hurt for putting up their boundary and then there's this codependent back and forth. But we're usually fine when we do it. We just go do something else and do the dishes and go get connected, you know, go on the sofa and maybe talk about something or play a game. Or, And so I think like there's that part of staying connected and not just feel that, oh, you don't want to hear me. Oh, you're not interested in me. Yeah, I'm very interested in you right now. That 10, 15 minute story is what I could take. And I'm just letting you know that so that I could be real with you and be authentic that I'm being present. Mm-hmm. And we mm. have the rights to yeah. put up our boundaries and say, yeah. now I'm full. Right. And it's good to practice it with each other in our intimate relationship so that we can strengthen this skill because we need it out in the world when we encounter talkaholics, yeah. which we are all bound to encounter, both with our friends, family, and neighbors yeah. and strangers. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for for wanting to come up and and talk about this attunement, this sinking. I mean, we did some things this morning, like just to let people know that I think is important. It was our 
Monday where I don't usually work, work on podcasts, you and I spent time together. We laid in bed a little bit, talked, listened to the wind, and we started sinking in. We said, do we want to make love? Yes, we want to make love. We did. Yeah, I mean, already the night before we had talked about that we would make love this morning. Yes. So we were lying there in bed, the sun was shining in, and we were checking in with each other. So do you still want to make love? All right. Yeah. Because so, you also have to do this and this and this and this today. So is that time to make love? Mm-hmm. Right. So there was this kind of attuning into that. Do we still want to connect in that way? Talking about our day. You also said that we hadn't done some appreciation shares in a while, that we would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had let it slide for weeks. And I really felt the need to connect with you and appreciations mm-hmm. too. So... We made an appointment to do that with breakfast. Did that with breakfast, and we talked a little bit about how our day would go. And, you know, by, by communicating that, I felt really in tuned with you in the morning and how we were going to maneuver throughout the day with each other, our own stuff, and, and together. So I think that couples could do that through their communication. They can talk about their needs and their desires, how they want to be with each other, what they need from themselves, and understand the other person's emotional world to get in sync. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially on days where we're home together, where couples are home together. And in this year here, we have been home together much more than usual. So it's also um, balancing that. We go, also there's days where we just go about and do our own things because we each have an agenda and have work to do at home. So we just do these things and then we meet around the meals mm-hmm. and, and check in there. So it's not always that we do the check-in in the morning. Each day is unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that throughout that, though, you and I have a good focus about really appreciating and the tri- you know the preciousness that we're together because you know we have no idea how many days that that we have together and that's a reality and it's not a morbid reality we know that so to show up in our relationship makes us i know for me it just makes me think about you throughout the day in a more precious and appreciative light so that's my that's my attunement to you that i can think about you in that positive light and really are grateful for having you in my life and journeying with you and and being my partner and and that's my way of connecting to attunement automatically and i want to know what's going on in your life i i want to be able that our relationship is a safe place for you of anything i want to make sure i really want to be able to create a safe place for you to be in partnership with me so just want you to know that Yeah, yeah and that's that feels really good, and that's how I feel our life is, and always have been. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Okay, anything else before we end? Mm. Yeah, there was something I thought about. You know, we spend a lot of time together at home this year here, and doing our own things. And there can, you know, be days where there's not that much connection because we're both so absorbed in our own work. And that's also how the 
their appreciations were sliding a bit. And then, um, you know, we just weave in and out of each other's lives. And then suddenly, like a day like today, we're like, okay, today is our date day and it's our connection date. And um, so let's do the intention of connecting here and talking and catching up a bit. So we made a date for that and space for that. Yeah, because I think that there is those times and those days that we did today of going deeper into connection. And then, as you said, there's days that we're kind of in the periphery, but we still have these micro moments in those days of connecting and all these small moments and in uh, loving gestures and kind interactions. We're just not like together, together, hours on end. Like Exactly. Are, it's yeah. more like maintenance, um, togetherness, right. where we're, we're helping each other out with dinner and dishes. And, and thereby that feels like connection. And it's good to do. And it's also work and we chat a bit and talk a bit and we're doing household stuff and at the meals we connect a little bit there. But it's like today we had the day where we were connecting a little deeper Mm -hmm. than the daily maintenance connections. Something else I want to mention with couples where you're really good at is like, especially right now with all the news around COVID and other things that are going on. There's so much stress with it, what the election was. And and you're really good at kind of putting up your boundaries around that kind of information. And I would just put out the couples, one way they're really attuned to each other is attuning to more positive aspects than, than always talking or bringing up stress and negativity and just information, especially if you can't really solve or move through that. Sure, you know, you can just hold that space and say, I'm stressed, but you've got to look at how much of your interactions are more information about stress or how much are you feeding in joy and what more of uh, positive connections that you want in your lives because your relationship be that container of joy and positivity, not only a place to just spew out all kinds of stress. That's such a good point you're bringing up there, Prevo. Yes. For example, I I think in the mornings when we're both checking our phones and we could immediately break out, oh, did you hear this news or this news? But we do not do that because we keep the morning sacred, especially with breakfast and that we don't want to take in bad news right away. And often I also um, postpone for hours before I check messages or anything on the phone because I just want to wake up and be with the day and be with you, and maybe you're going to work that day, so we have limited amount of time together in the morning. So I keep that sacred. And then when you come home, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to bombard each other with bad news from the world. It's like, gosh, let the world be out there, outside, but here is our sacred home. Um, where we need to recharge and reconnect with each other and have a safe and and sacred space with each other. And also, like before bedtime, uh, when we're checking uh, checking the the messages and stuff on our phones and computers, and often I just deliberately choose not to comment or tell you anything about what I just saw because I don't want to go to bed with negative stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just think that that's a note to say that it's not that we don't talk about some things that that may be hard to talk about. We just don't make that a predominant majority of the focus of the information in our relationship. We have good discernment of like when to bring in some challenging issues or some stress that's happening. It's not the predominant discussions that we have. So I really, really appreciate that's the way that we attune well to each other. Mm -hmm. And respect each other. And for example, maybe in the middle of the day or in the evening or so, and you are telling something and a story about someone, or I am telling a story about what have happened around me uh, in relation to the pandemic or, or something like that, or the election. And uh, we go a little back and forth about it because it's also fun to do in a way and interesting and exchanging some information. It's interesting. But then all of a sudden, one of us can just feel, oh, this is going downhill. I'm not feeling that uplifted right now. Yeah. How about we talk about something more positive? And then we cut it off, even though we haven't finished the conversation, the subject or something, we're like, ooh, Prepa, I can just feel this. This is taking my energy down. How about we talk about something else? And immediately you respect it and you're like, babe, you're right. Yeah, let's talk about something else. Because I think that's a way of attuning into ourselves, knowing that oh, I'm starting to feel that spiral. Or if I say it and I can see that you're not getting so engaged with that, I'm tuning into you and say, you know what, let's drop that because this is not really bringing us the connection that we, that we want. Like be able to tune and not be so selfish that we're not even aware of the other person's world if they're receptive to that kind of information or not. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that you uh, see these clues. And it's true when you uh, inform me of some news or something. And I just kind of put up a plexiglass wall around myself and uh, look away or busy myself with other things. And that is my way to tell you that I don't really want to engage in this conversation. And you pick up on those cues without without me using words mm -hmm. and and you catch yourself and and say what you just said there mm -hmm. yeah well cool babe thank you so much and i think it's an important subject that people really get that they're how to attune to themselves and then be able to attune have emotional attunement in their relationship so they can move through a lot of uh it will just improve their relationship and able to navigate conflict a lot better mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's a big balancing act throughout yeah. life. Yeah. Not only in relationships, but also in our birth families. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's go tune into that fireplace downstairs. Make sure it's still, <laughs> it's still active and warm. That's one thing that we tune into regularly in the wintertime. Okay. Thanks, babe. I really appreciate you coming up spontaneously. That way to go. Mm, thanks, love. Okay. It's fun being here with you. I love you, sweetie. I love you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I do want to mention, as I talked about earlier in this podcast, it's so important for us to be able to tune into our own emotional world. In order to have emotional attunement in our relationship, we have to know what we're feeling. So I have a resource to help you out in that. In one of my audio guides, increasing emotional intelligence. 
I walk you through a guided meditation on understanding our own emotional world to be able to express and understand our emotions. So that will benefit you greatly with emotional entombment. So that's located on my website, prepo.com, in the guided audio section. And would love to hear from you, my listeners, on future podcast topics that you would like to hear, along with any relationship questions that you might have that I can answer on some podcast segments. So you can leave me a message in the contact form at prepo.com. If you want to inquire about my counseling and consulting services, you can also contact me through my website. And you can follow me on Instagram at Prepo Toplitsky. Okay, everybody, I wish you some peaceful moments and good emotional entombment with those that you connect and that you share your love with. And thanks for those of you that have reached out to me and let me know that this podcast has been beneficial in your lives. It really warms my heart knowing that what I am doing, what I'm saying on this podcast, the things that I'm sharing by myself and with my guests are really benefiting you. So I'm sending you all lots of love, lots of peace, lots of good transformation, and wonderful relationship connections. Hope you all make yourselves a beautiful, beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.